well-informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Friday, December 15th, 2023. The Feast of St. Mary de Rosa. St. Mary, or also known as Paula, lived during the war in Brescia, Italy in 1848. The military hospital faced a threat from marauding soldiers during this tumultuous time, and despite the danger, the Handmaids of Charity, which were a group of sisters that were dedicated to helping the sick, including Paula de Rosa, faced the threat head-on. She was holding a crucifix crucifix and flanked by two sisters with candles, and they confronted the soldiers at the barricaded door. Her courageous act, wielding a crucifix, caused the soldiers to abandon their destructive intentions. This demonstrates the power of her faith and her courage and confidence in Almighty God. Now, she was born in 1813. Paula showed from a young age her energy, intelligence, and eagerness to serve Almighty God and his poor. She undertook significant projects, arranging retreats, and setting up a women's guild. At the age of 24, she became a supervisor for a workhouse for poor girls, and she recognized the need for a safe place for these girls, and so she quit her position and set up a boarding house for them while assisting her brother with a school for the deaf. At the age of 27, she was appointed superior of the Handmaids of Charity, a religious society to help those suffering in hospitals, and she initially had resistance against her, but eventually made got everyone's respect. In 1848, she faced a personal loss of her friend uh, Gabriella Bornetzi and Monsignor Pinozzi, and s- simultaneously this happened while the war was, took off in Europe and her homeland was invaded. And rather than succumbing to grief, her and the sisters went to work in the military hospitals during the war, providing spiritual and physical comfort to those wounded on the battlefield. She died in 1855, unafraid and joyful to be joining her Lord forever. Her life exemplified a readiness to open doors. Whatever Christ wanted her to do, she walked through it. Walk through those doors. Paula de Rosa, who was known as Maria de Rosa, was canonized by Pope Pius XII on June 12th, 1954. So what do we ask for from St. Mary de Rosa? Well, let's ask her to give us her calm courage and confidence and this time that we find ourselves in, despite the fact that she had soldiers knocking on the door, she would not yield to allow them to hurt God his poor, or his buildings. So St. Mary de Rosa, pray Pray for for us. us. And joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Happy Friday. And what an inspiring story. You know, it actually reminds us of our our game show caller yesterday who happened to be a nurse. How often these nurses give comfort to their patients. That's amazing. Uh, They can bring uh, Christ to people who... uh, I mean, that's exactly it, right? You can bring Christ to your patients. That is a uh, corporal act of mercy right there. Maybe, maybe let me, let me inspire you today, dear listener. Go and do a corporal act of mercy today. Wow. I have just been inspired. Corporal act of mercy Friday. There you go. There you go. I mean, every Friday is a day of penance, right? 
So, M. What do you? C O M F. C O M. Corporal. Uh, no wait. Wow, that's confusing. never mind. All right, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that. Okay, all right. What do you got planned for this weekend, Rudy? Well, not much, not much. So I guess anything's possible. Well, I have a very busy week in this this coming up. Really? Uh, I do. I do. It's. I'm pretty excited actually. Uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow. Today. Oh my I goodness! Noticed, you know, you didn't invite me to anything. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, it's, wow. yeah, your invitation's in the mail, Rudy. Um, it's, it's there. <laughs> I promise. You just, just wait by the mailbox. It's going to get, it's going to arrive <laughs> any moment now. Any moment. Your wife's going to, oh, speaking of which, oh man, there's so many things. Okay. Number one, I'm going to go to Nacogdoches today to, uh, go see my little brother. Uh, I say little, but he's like 18 months younger than me. Uh, my little brother is graduating from college. He's getting his master's degree in accounting. And so Gabriel Fonseca, he's graduating uh, in accounting. And I'm very proud of him. So we're going to go see him graduate today. Tomorrow, we're going to spend the day with him and uh, in Nacogdoches. We're going to go to Mass there in Nacogdoches and uh, hang out. We're going to do a few things we want to do over there. And then Saturday night... My friends are actually singing in the Houston um, Houston Symphony, and so they are doing no Handel's Messiah, and wow. so they invited me to go uh, to to go see them, and so uh, I'm going to go try to go to that this evening uh, Saturday evening, and then there's something else on Sunday. I think there's like a parish play or something. And they asked me to record it, so I guess I'm going to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm always at the whim of my my wife because I I'm so fried by the end of the week Speaking that of the I don't the whim of your wife. <laughs> did I don't she know what bring to do. us orange juice and cereal? She did. So in the after show, oh, no. we're going to try orange juice and frosted flakes. Supposedly a really great combination. That's if you want to check so that gross. out, join us in the after show. Thanks, Mrs. Carlos. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate it. So if you want to see that, I guess that's what we're doing during the after show. <laughs> All righty. Praise be to God. So coming up on the show today, we've got a lot going on. I'm very excited to be doing this with you. And at 15 past the hour, there is a couple stories we got to cover, but it's going to be a more lighthearted show overall. But we got a couple things that are we got to talk about. For instance, Ohio bill banning trans surgeries on kids heads to governor's desk. Plus, the, a man beheads Satan statue in Iowa Capitol. We've been talking about this all week, and I am so happy about this. Um, not that I endorse uh we'll talk about it at 15 past the hour stick with us at 30 past the hour guess what first time in about a year we're opening up the phone lines we're opening up the phone lines to take calls on your favorite christmas movies and traditions so make sure you call in at 30 past the hour we're gonna be taking your phone calls your favorite christmas movies and traditions the last time we took phone calls at that time was around i don't know january end of january last year huh foreshadowing all right so 30 past the hour that number 877-757-9424 call in at 30 past the hour that number 877-757-9424 in the next hour dave palmer with back to the father rejoining us to talk about the incarnation of jesus christ so all this coming up and so much more. And you're going to want to also hop on our social media feeds to uh, see the silly shenanigans we get into during the after show. So all this coming up, plus our Fear and Trembling game show. We're giving away the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence today. But let's begin with prayer. 
Um, I we're praying for whatever it is you have going on this weekend. There's tons of things happening this weekend. We're praying for your intentions this weekend. Whatever it is you've got going on, we pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for for the salvation of souls, the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, for my healing of my grandfather, for baby Nicholas, and for in a special way today for my little brother Gabriel on this his graduation day. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O divine infant Jesus, I have recourse to thee. Please, through thy blessed mother, assist me in this necessity, because I firmly believe that thy divinity can help me. I hope with confidence to obtain thy holy grace. I love thee with all my heart and with all the strength of my soul. I repent sincerely of my sins, and I beg thee, O good Jesus, to grant me the strength to triumph over them. I resolve never more to offend thee, and I come to offer myself to thee with the intention of enduring everything rather than to displease thee. Henceforth, I desire to serve thee with fidelity. And for the love of thee, O divine infant, I will love my neighbor as myself. All-powerful infant, O Jesus, I implore thee again, assist me in this need. Grant me the grace of possessing thee eternally with Mary and Joseph and of adoring thee with the angels in the heavenly court. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Happy Friday to you. Here are your headlines for today. The satanic idol at the Iowa State Capitol has been beheaded by a Christian veteran. I saw this blasphemous statue and I was outraged, Cassidy said. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree, and so I acted. A Christian and former military officer, Michael Cassidy, took matters into his own hands in Iowa. He tore down and beheaded a satanic altar placed in the Capitol building by the Satanic Temple of Iowa. Cassidy, on a mission to awaken Christians to what he calls anti-Christian acts by the government, discarded the statue's head into the trash. He argues that the government sanctioned uh, satanic altars violate the principles of the First Amendment. Cassidy is charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief and turned himself in, while the Satanic Temple of Iowa plans to press charges. The display drew outrage with Iowa lawmakers saying, I am calling for our governor to take this blasphemous display removed, to have this blasphemous display removed immediately based on the grounds that it is unconstitutional and it offends God upon whom the state of Iowa depends for blessings. Clearly, he's a CDT listener. Praise be to God. Pope Francis calls for an international treaty on artificial intelligence. Pope Francis is urging a binding international treaty to regulate artificial intelligence development, expressing concerns about its potential for a technological dictatorship. In his World Day of Peace message, the Pope calls for regulations to prevent harm and promote best practices. At a time when artificial intelligence is being used to execute the ongoing war in Gaza and is widely utilized in other armed conflicts, the Pope sounds the alarm that the use of such technology could not only fuel more war and the weapons trade, but also make peace further unattainable. He says, quote, The ability to conduct military operations through remote control systems has led to a distancing from the immense tragedy of war and has lessened perception of the devastation caused by those weapon systems and the burden of responsibility for their use, unquote. And the Supreme Court leaves Illinois gun restrictions in place. The Supreme Court rejected for the second time a plea to block an Illinois gun ban law of semi-automatic firearms and limiting magazine capacity. 
Most of the weapons these days are semi-automatic, so it might be a sweeping ban here. The National Association for Gun Rights and a gun shop owner sought to halt the law's enforcement while appealing the case. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals held had had upheld the law, prompting the plaintiffs to argue that the decision was manifestly erroneous and causing irreparable harm to law-abiding citizens. Illinois implemented the law in January, facing multiple lawsuits challenging its constitutionality. Now, those are some of your headlines this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. We're just going to focus in on verses 18 and 19 here. 18 and 19 says, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he had the devil. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold a man that is a glutton and a wine drinker. So this is very important to keep in mind here because what does Cornelius Alapide say? Cornelius Alapide says that the Jews were not wanting to accept the Messiah. They did not want to accept the Messiah because they can have one man who is austere and one man who is normal and they reject both and they will create an excuse for why both were bad. Now here, Cornelius Alapide says, John led an austere life in the desert. Christ led the ordinary life of men, that his affability might allure those whom John's austerity would terrify. Now, this is important to keep in mind, because what is being demonstrated here? What is being demonstrated is that you can, in fact, live multiple kinds of lives within the Catholic framework. You're not required to live a single way of life. It's not as if, if you're not a Benedictine, then you cannot be a good Catholic. That's why we have different religious orders, Dominicans, Franciscans, uh, Benedictines, Norbertines, all these various different orders live different lifestyles, but they're all in continuity with the tradition of the church. So uh, we have John who lived the most austere life, and then we have Christ who tried to live a more affable life, one that would be more recognized as normal in the context that he lived in, and he still lived a very holy life. Now, of course, it is a blasphemy to accuse our Lord of gluttony and accuse him of any kind of, of sin whatsoever, and yet this is what they accuse him of. And we know for certain that this is simply not the case. How do we know that? Because our Lord is, in fact, God, so he could not and would not ever commit any sort of sin. So, what should we take away from this passage? I say we take away from this passage the idea that we can live a holy life no matter what the context that we live in is. So let's abandon our sin and live a holy life in the context we find ourselves in today. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Teaching kids to handle money can be tricky for parents. In our own experience of raising 10 children, we've used envelopes, allowances, and more. Well, here's a tip from what we've discovered. There is a sensitive period for money when kids are about 10 to 12 years old. Be alert when your child expresses interest, and then take advantage of that teachable moment. Don't pay kids to do household chores because they need to understand the importance of contributing to the home. However, we have found it is a good idea to pay for extra chores. Give your child a chance to earn money, whether by raking leaves, moving stones, or deep cleaning a room. In addition, a great job could earn a bonus. This trains them in excellence and gets them ready for work outside the home. 
Giving your children experiencing earning money is important because this is your time to train them to save, to budget, and to tithe, which is giving money away because it ultimately comes from God. To listen to our podcast on kids and money, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life, because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you today. It's always good to be here on this beautiful Friday. Can you believe it? We made it to Friday. I'm really excited. I'm going to be honest. I'm especially excited because my little brother's graduated from college. I guess I should give a shout out to all people who are graduating. Uh, yes, there are tons of people who are graduating. Even my brother's graduating from Stephen F. Austin there in Nacogdoches, the Diocese of Tyler. And the, yes, congratulations to everybody, whether whatever school you go to, I'm very excited for you, but I'm especially excited for my little brother uh, graduating with his master's degree in accounting and he's uh, got a job lined up for him and everything. And I'm like, (laughs) he's an adult. He's only 18 months younger than me. We've been this practically the same age our whole lives. He would always tell me on his, on uh, his birthday, all right, catching up to you (laughs) because he would be two years younger than me most of the year. And then. For a couple months, he's just a year younger than me, at least by numbers. And uh, yeah, so praise be to God. I'm, I'm super happy for him. So if you would offer up a prayer for my little brother Gabriel today, I would be very grateful if you would do so. So thank you very much in advance. So before we jump into some of these stories, I did want to let you know at 30 past the hour in just about 10 minutes from now, 13 minutes from now, we are opening up the phone lines and you can call in that number 877-757-9424. In just about 12 minutes, we are taking phone calls and we're asking the question on the board is, what is your favorite Christmas movie and what are some Christmas traditions that you have? Those are the topics. So if you would like to jump in and bonus points, if the Christmas movie is has a, is family friendly and has Catholic themes, uh, that you get bonus points for that one. So 877-757-9424 in just about 12 minutes, we'll be taking your calls. But let's jump into some of these stories. So before we get into some more lighthearted things, I did want to talk about this story. Ohio bill banning trans surgeries on kids heads to governor's desk. Now, this story, immediately I'm skeptical of what's going to happen here because Ohio is literally the worst state in the United States. Not, uh, not actually, but Ohio came out and they uh, put abortion into their amendments, into their constitution. They constitutionally enshrined abortion by popular sentiment. The, the population of Ohio voted to enshrine abortion in their constitution. And so now I'm just very, very skeptical of anything that's going to come out of Ohio because now you kind of understand where the populace is in Ohio, where they stand. And I'm, I'm just worried that this is not going to work out. But I was happily surprised when I started reading what happened here for the Ohio Senate actually approved the bill and it's said sitting on the governor's desk of Governor Mike DeWine and Governor Mike DeWine, from what I've seen, he seems to be pretty solid. 
he was spoke out against the amendment. He was saying that we don't want to enshrine this in law, um, but it, he unfortunately it simply got got through. And so the legislation passed with a 24 to 8 vote. Now, what this does is it safeguards children specifically from transgender surgeries and prevents males from participating in women's sports. It also restricts prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, citing associated health risks. Now, this is great, and I'm happy they're, they're putting this on the governor's desk. I expect it to be signed very soon. Here's the one problem I have with this. It doesn't go far enough. And I'm all for gradualism if that's what we got to do to take down the transgender movement and it needs to be destroyed utterly and completely. But this can't be the end. The end goal can't be just protect the children. It has to be to completely wipe out this ideology entirely because there is no right to mutilate your body. The freedom, you don't have a freedom to mutilate your body. And usually people in this circumstance would give the example of like suicide, for instance. Someone would say, oh, well, do you think people have a right to kill themselves? Like if someone was going to kill themselves, would you try to stop them? And it used to be the case that when you would say that, people would say, oh, well, yeah, of course. Of course, you should try to stop someone from killing themselves. Oh, of course, you should try to prevent someone from that. You shouldn't allow people to just kill themselves. But unfortunately, today, we're actually going away from that, too. In fact, in Canada, it's already widespread to have what's called made a medical assistance in dying or it's just suicide or really murder because the doctors are the ones killing you. This is a very big problem. I, I struggle to try to articulate a simple argument sometimes to explain why this is bad because we've gone so far off the rails that all of the absurd conclusions, they already accept them. Because typically, a, a very good argument is you would what's referred to as um, you take it to the absurd. And so you take someone's principle and you say, okay, imagine if we applied your principle consistently, this is where it would end up. And that result is so outrageously crazy. You're like, oh, yeah, you're right. If that principle, if we accept that principle, then, yeah, that is a little crazy. The problem today is all of the conclusions that are absurd, most people just accept as true now. So they all people accept that suicide is okay, and so I would another one I would say is, well, what about someone that's transabled? If they identify as being disabled, would you allow them to have surgery to cripple themselves? Because that's a real thing. People legitimately have that problem, and should we allow them to cripple themselves? Well, up until today, the answer was no. We don't allow them to do that. But if you ask people, and I've done this, I've asked people because I was just curious to see how this would play out. They would say, well, if that's how they feel, if that's how they identify, then they should be allowed to do that. The only one, and I kind of weird how this is the only one, the only one that they don't, that they're, that they still will, will understand is anorexia for some reason. I don't really get that, but I will bring up the topic. I'll say, okay, if someone's anorexic and they identify as being fat, but they are in reality skin and bones, would you allow them to like take drugs to be skinnier give them a liposuction and not allow them to eat because they identify as being fat would you would you allow that would you support them in that decision the vast majority of time that's the one that people will understand and they will say oh yeah yeah you're right that that makes sense i i think it has something to do with there's a lot of people 
who suffer from anorexia. And so they, they have a personal experience with it. And so I think that they kind of feel that. And they're like, you're right, because I felt that and it was not good for me and I got out of it. So I think that's probably why that one hits home for some people. But that's essentially what transgenderism is. These people are identifying as something else that they aren't. And then we're allowing them to mutilate their bodies because of it. And we should not allow that. That's the point. We should not support them in hurting themselves. Instead, we should help them to, and what's crazy, this is just absurd, to affirm their gender. Which is the craziest and most nefarious play on words that the left has done. Is they call mutilating your body gender affirming care. Where you would assume that gender affirming care would mean, oh, you're a man who thinks you're a woman. Let me help you affirm the fact that you are not a woman. You are, in fact, a man. That's where you would assume the phrase gender affirming care would mean, but it's not. It's not at all. It's a very unfortunate situation. And so we pray for everyone who suffers from this gender dysphoria. And we want this banned in every state. So I'm glad that Ohio was doing that. Praise be to God. Way to go, Ohio. Um, you may have messed up on abortion, but at least you're on the track with this one. But let's keep moving the ball down the field and not settle for partial victories. Okay, on to this story. There was like a dozen stories today. We're only going to get to probably two today because this story was pretty awesome. And I want to talk about this for a little bit. Rudy just talked about it a couple minutes ago with his newsread. Was man beheads Satan statue in Iowa Capitol. Quote, not all heroes wear capes. End quote. Now, I would never endorse someone mutilating someone else's property and destroying other people's property. I would never endorse that publicly. Um, but what I will say is St. Boniface, who chopped down the pagan tree, is a pretty awesome saint. He's a pretty awesome saint. And, you know, they say that all the gods of the pagans, I say they, it was St. Paul, all the gods of the pagans are demons. And St. Boniface chopped down a pagan tree. So he chopped down a satanic idol. Hmm. Very interesting. So I'm saying we just, I want more St. Bonifaces in society. That's what I would like. The more Pachamama hunters, like Alexander Shugel, um, they had this awesome song they wrote about him called uh, the Pachamama Hunter song. It's uh, pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. And yes, that's what we need. He's, he started an organization called um, the St. Boniface Society for people wanting to resist these kind of pagan influences in society. And I think this is very good. This is very, very good. And his argumentation was excellent. And the reason why I think it's excellent is because he was actually saying the same thing I was saying. So I'm like, of course, he's the guy's obviously a smart guy, clearly. So he was a retired military officer and a former congressional candidate. His name is Michael Cassidy. He was disrupted, quote unquote, a holiday satanic display. Now, of course, those are contradiction in terms. A holiday satanic display because holiday means a holy day. And then satanic is the opposite of holy. So those are contradiction in terms. I just think those kind of things are funny. At the Iowa State Capitol, he beheaded the statue, praise be to God. Cassidy, charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief, turned himself in, highlighting his action as a protest against anti-Christian acts promoted by the government. Now, I really hope that this guy is Catholic. He probably isn't. He's probably Protestant. But I'm like, where are the Catholics at? The Satanic Temple of Iowa intends to press charges. Of course they are. Uh, Cassidy, a Christian, believes the display legitimizes Satan. Yep. Yep. And we interviewed 
who did we interview? It was a long time ago. We interviewed somebody a while ago about the fifth revolution. You had the different revolutions throughout society, the French Revolution, the Communist Revolution, so on and so forth. And the revolution that was predicted to come was the Satanic Revolution, where Satanism, and this was predicted in the 1960s, the Satanic Revolution, they said, was going to come. And what was going to be the Satanic Revolution? Where Satan would be worshipped in the public sphere and even endorsed by the government. And we that's where we're headed. We're seeing it in our Capitol buildings all over America. And so we have to resist this. We have to resist this lest we become one nation under Satan rather than one nation under God. Now, Cassidy, he whenever he did this, he and cited the fact that this is not religion. This is anti-religion. And I'm very happy to see that uh, Turning Point USA has pledged $10,000 to his legal fund. And actually, our friend, Mr. Yance, he was uh, actually one of the, we've interviewed him a number of times to talk about uh, legal issues in the military. And he's actually the one that's representing him. So maybe we'll reach out to him to talk to him about what he thinks that case is going to look like, uh, though I probably, he probably can't talk about it quite yet. Can't talk about cases as they're ongoing. So I'm very happy that this is going on and we need more displays like this for people to resist Satanism in the public square. It is a bad situation and we are very happy to see. And there needs to be acts of reparation done all across. So again, I will give a shout out to America Needs Fatima and their Christ. Keep Christ in Christmas campaign because yes, amen, we need to keep Christ in Christmas. Satan is the eternal loser, a loser from the beginning. And so... Uh, Praise be to God for our lady crushes the head of the serpent. All right. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're taking your phone calls. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Rudy. And then we're taking your phone calls on your favorite Christmas movies and traditions. So that number 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. 877-757-9424. Call now your favorite Christmas movie and your favorite Christmas traditions. One last time, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Demonic activity appears to be on the rise. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and I invite you to join Adam Bly and me this weekend for The Spirit World. On The Spirit World, we offer a Catholic perspective on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Guadalupe Radio Network and other EWTN radio affiliates. Visit grnonline.com slash spiritworld. The season of Christmas is about gifts. The Magi, upon seeing a sign from God, a guiding star, wanted very much to bring gifts to the newly born king in Bethlehem. Each of us has experienced the joy of receiving gifts, whether for a birthday or for Christmas. Once, while shopping for a Christmas gift for my wife, I bumped into a friend. My friend was very kind and enthusiastic, wanting to hear the latest news of work in my family. My friend insisted on having a cup of coffee together. We had a great time catching up. My friend gave me a gift, making me feel like a king. I felt a joy as my friend showed so much interest and listened with such an eagerness. This season, let's give the gift of ourselves to others. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. Congress votes to extend FBI warrantless surveillance tool without reforming it. Section 702 of FISA is a tool that intelligence officials have allegedly abused as it enables them to surveil Americans without obtaining a warrant. After the Senate passed FISA through the National Defense Authorization Act and failed to get sufficient support to eliminate the four-month extension, the House of Representatives finalized it in a vote on Thursday. If six more senators had opposed a joint point of order against the act, uh, it would not have passed, potentially expiring at the end of December. And uh, just to get us kicked off here for our conversation, Hallmark, who used to make really interesting Christmas movies, well, they're pushing LGBT agendas at Christmas time. Real unfortunate story here. The Hallmark Channel has made it abundantly clear that the heart of TV will continue to push the LGBT envelope. This Christmas time, writes a Susan Bowdley, Bow, Bowdy. Unlike other companies who've reckoned with the shifting consumer tides, Hallmark has no plans to change its course, and its refusal to read the room could cost it. Those are some of your headlines this morning. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time. Looking forward to hearing from you in just a few minutes. Jeez, Rudy. I actually had that uh, story on my list to talk about. Did you? I did. I did. Hey, so there you go. So great minds think alike. Of but course. Fools rarely differ. That's the that's the rest of that quote. So where? Hmm. Oh, so we where disagree we a lot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, before we get going, I thought we were of one accord. Oh, we are of one accord. A Honda. Accord. I, I was about to say. Oh, darn! It's gonna <laughs> yeah, make that joke. Oh man! I mind. Oh man! We are of one. That's though. awkward. <laughs> yeah, we spent too much time together. Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is why I don't want you to come over on the weekend. <laughs> I didn't really see you on the weekend. Um, that number, if you want to call in and give us a, a shout out, if we want to talk to you about what your favorite Christmas movie is or your favorite Christmas tradition or both, that number, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. You can call now. We are opening up our lines. Our lines are already open. You're welcome to call in right now. Now, Marie says, today is the last day that America needs Fatima is mailing out the Keep Christ in Christmas banners. So sign up to get yours today. Praise be to God. Thanks, Marie. I didn't know that. So if you want your Keep Christ in Christmas banners and you want to do a Keep Christ in Christmas rosary campaign, well, praise be to God. Today is the day. Go to American East Fatima and sign up to get that. I think that'd be really awesome. So I think that's really cool. Maybe maybe I'll sign up for one and do host a Keep Christ in Christmas campaign here in Houston. Um, and if you want to show up, maybe we'll have it together. Uh, let me know. Would you be interested in that? Uh, let me know. All right. So a number of things while we wait to get line, people on the line. So let me give you that number again. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Here I have a number of Christmas movies from the Guadalupe Radio Network family. So here at the GRN, I asked uh, people... What is your favorite Christmas movie? And so I have a number of things that are out there, but let's start with the number one. Okay, actually number two. We'll start with number two because number one, uh, I'll save it for a second. Guess, Rudy, what the number two movie was among the GRN. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way? Yes. You're close. No way. You're close. Okay. It's not Jingle All the Way. Home Alone. It's Die Hard. Die Hard it's is die number hard. two? It's number two, which wow. is funny because everyone who recommended Die Hard 
mentioned this is not very popular and this is very controversial but <laughs> die hard um our friend mario he uh that was his and mario perez our grn radio technician he said die hard lead the weapon and jingle all the way were his top three uh, he said it's actually not his favorite, but he wanted to be controversial. <laughs> and our friend Wyatt Goldsby uh, here in the Houston office, our our um, director here and the Houston office, he said um, Die Hard. And we had a number of other people reach out with Die Hard as well. So, now, What are the ethical implications of downloading the movie and cutting out all the bad stuff and then sending it to your friends? <sighs> probably fine right i don't know <laughs> i don't know just don't make money off of it yeah just don't make money it's that's technically stealing is it i think so intellectual property true i don't know true. i don't true. know the, the whole concept of intellectual property is always a little well confusing. then allow me to shill for our mormon brethren ah, uh, yes. <laughs> who have these movie filters that you can purchase uh monthly and you can uh, watch any movie with the certainty that you won't hear any expletives nudity or anything like that well, praise be to God for the Mormons. Uh, I don't know why Catholics are not jumping on that bandwagon, but if the Mormons are the ones that got to do it, it's got to get done. All right. So that number, 877-757-9424. I want to know your favorite Christmas movie and your favorite Christmas traditions. 877-757-9424. Joining us right now is Yvonne. Good morning to you, Yvonne. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice uh, coming in from San Antonio, Texas, right? Yes. Praise be to God. You're a you've called in a few times for the game show, if I'm not mistaken. Remind me. I've I've called once. Uh, once, <laughs> once. I recognize the name. It's a very very distinct name. Well, praise be to God, yeah, Yvonne. That's the way it's spelled. <laughs> so, Yvonne, tell me, what is your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie is The Bishop's Wife. The Bishop's oh, Wife. I've never heard that one. Oh yeah, that's a famous. It's a famous uh, book. Uh, I've never actually it's seen the movie. Beautiful. Though. It's beautiful. And it talks about what the season is actually for. Hmm. Tell me about and the movie. Don't spoil it for anybody who might want to see it because it's it's only it's a recent movie. Came out in 1947. So uh, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, tell us about this movie. It's it's about a bishop who is trying to uh, collect funds to build a cathedral because he feels that God is calling him to build this huge cathedral. And in the end, he realizes. That is not what he's called for. Hmm. Now, and it, an it, angel is sent to help him. That's all I'm going to tell you. An angel it's is a beautiful sent to movie. help him. Now, this takes place in New Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? No, I think it's somewhere like in Connecticut. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, for some Gary, reason, I... uh, Gary Cooper stars as the angel. Oh, wow. Okay, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a, let's see, Cary Grant. They redid the movie. Cary, yes, Cary Grant. That's, I'm sorry. Cary Grant stars in the movie. Um, they redid it later um, with Denzel Washington, but the original version is, in my opinion, the better version. That's many such cases, many such cases. I, I would say that for the majority of movies. Now, do you remember, is the bishop, is he Anglican in the movie? I believe so. Okay, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember 100%, and I was pretty sure he was Anglican. Um, now, Yvonne, your favorite Christmas tradition, mm -hmm. do you have one? I do. Okay, what is it? Tell us. We always know. go to Midnight Mass, mm -hmm. and we open one present when we got home. Amen. That was it. And, and it was just the one present. It, for us, it was never about the presents. It was about going to that Midnight Mass. 
Praise be to it, God. That's what sticks out with me all the time. Yeah, we we were really bad about traditions. And so we sometimes went to midnight mass, sometimes went to mass in the morning, sometimes we were, <laughs> we were not consistent about which mass we went to for Christmas. But the last few years, we've uh, been going to midnight mass, and I think midnight mass is beautiful. The question for you, though, Yvonne, is uh, what time is midnight mass? Midnight mass would start at 10, and we would get home. We get home about one thirty, two o'clock. There you go. There you go. I always thought that was hilarious because my, my grandma worked at the uh, parish office. She was like, people keep calling in asking what time midnight mass is, and I keep telling them it's at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, grandma, it's because different it's churches. Different for a lot, yeah. of, a lot of churches, but I tell my husband, people stay up for for New Year's, and they don't want to stay up for Christ. Oh, oh so true. true. Beautiful thing. You're, you're expecting Jesus, and you can't stay up for his birthday. Pop, oh, man. Pop off, Yvonne, oh, right there. Man. Praise be to God, Yvonne. Wow. That is 100% correct. I'm going to use that line from now on. I'm stealing that from you. <laughs> uh, I will give uh, proper attribution uh, at least once, but the rest of the times, so I'm just going to just, I'm going to say I made it up totally, 100%. Uh, but praise be to God, Yvonne. God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed Christmas. You too. Thank you. That number to call if you would like to join us is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I want to know what your favorite Christmas movie is and your Christmas tradition. If you'd like to join us, that number, 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. Let's take this call. Here is Dana. Good morning to you, Dana. Good morning, Adrian. And Dana, where are you calling in from? From Ennis. From Ennis, <laughs> Texas. Praise be to God. I'd love to hear it now. Dana, um, what's there to do in Ennis, Texas, during Christmas time? Uh, oh, uh, here in Ennis. Uh, not really much. I mean, they have everything before, like before Christmas. They have the parade, like maybe a, like three weeks ago, I think, like a Christmas parade. Well, praise be good. I, but uh, I didn't go to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, my mom always tried to get us to go to parades. We didn't want to wake up early for them, so and never uh, we ended up getting stuck in the traffic. Uh, Dana, we're gonna go to a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna ask you what your favorite. Christmas movie is and your favorite Christmas tradition. That number, if you would like to join us, is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I want to know your favorite Christmas movie and tradition. We'll be right back, right after this. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years, you know, because there's so much trash. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. If your purpose in life is to find God, not just here, but after you die, then living out that purpose is going to color absolutely everything you do. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Christmas Edition. I know it's not Christmas yet. We're still in Advent. However, the Advent season is coming to a close really quickly. Have you done your Christmas shopping? I have not done my Christmas shopping. Oh, man. I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. I got to get on it. I got to get on it quick because we're running out of time, Rudy. I haven't told you what I wanted yet. Right, right, Rudy. A hundred, a hundred percent. I totally was getting you a gift. Thanks, dude. Um, I, I just ordered it. It's coming in the mail. It'll be here at some point. Oh, sweet. Don't worry. We'll open it live on air. Awesome. Yeah, so everybody in the radio can hear, see it. Um, dude, it'll be great. I'm so happy you got me that several thousand dollar espresso machine. Oh, uh, really totally. appreciate you, dude. Totally, dude. A hundred percent. You don't you worry. Uh, just wait. It'll it'll show up. At a, it's actually on the way to your house. Just wait for it. <gasps> really? Totally. Totally. Oh, man. Um, don't fact check me on that. It's gonna be so great. If if it, if it doesn't show up, it got lost in the mail. I'm sorry. Uh, Not my fault. Yeah, Can't do anything about it. Happens around this time of year. <laughs> it happens. It Same happens. for you. Someone probably gifts. stole it, man. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go back to our caller here, Dana. Good morning to you from Ennis, Texas. Good morning. Now, Dana, uh, let me know, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Um, I actually came across this one not too long ago, and it's called Come to the Stable. Come to the Stable? I've never heard of this movie. Uh, Tell me about it. Well, it's about uh, two nuns that are, are, I don't remember the state, but I think it's here in the U.S., and they're how it starts is like they're walking in the snow and it's like uh, every once in a while you'll see a house you know and it almost reminds me like mother angelica you know how she wondered and until like god spoke to her and said this is where i want you know wow something like that but it's kind of like that you know they find a spot and they're like this is it you know, this is where we're going to build the church. And um, so then their their mission was to find out who owned the land. And um, they came across, uh, while they were walking in the snow, they came across like a, a barn, like a stable. And um, and they kind of peeked in there, and there was someone in there, and there was a lady painting. And um, uh, it's it, it, you know, they, she had the painting of Jesus, you know, like uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, you know, at this, you know, at, in Bethlehem. And they were impressed, like, oh, wow. And they, you know, they inquired who owned that land, and, and, and she told them. And, um, you know, um, I don't want to spoil the movie. Yeah, but, right, for sure. I found yeah, it on YouTube, so I'm going to actually watch this movie. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, it's, yeah, 1949. It's a film, comedy, and drama. Come to the stable. It's posted on uh, on YouTube, so if someone wanted to watch, it's there. And I looked it up. It also it takes place in New England, and so oh, right here in the U.S. So praise be to God. That is really awesome. I've never heard of this movie, and it seems is it like okay? Tell me, uh, 
If is this well, kid friendly? Can I is uh, oh, parents yeah. can watch it with their children? Oh yeah, there's none of that stuff. You know, I love those kind of movies. My I always tell my husband I should have been born at that time. He says, "Well, if you were born in that time, you wouldn't be here today." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think about that too sometimes. I'm like, I wish I was born in medieval times, but then I'm like, actually, I kind of like being alive now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's really good because you know it's kind of like um people are like, "What? They want that land, and you know it's never going to happen." And then it, you know, God does His miracles, and 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 eventually, you know, people can't see what their what their vision is. But you have to watch the movie. Well, Dana, like that. tell me, what about your favorite Christmas tradition? Um, we do go to midnight mass, and um, we do celebrate on Christmas Day, mm. not before. <laughs> and because uh, it's Advent, and um, we do open up. Um, like two gifts is usually what we do. And then we open up gifts on the epiphany. You know, it's just one gift on the epiphany. So it's pretty simple. Well, praise be to and God. And we do like to make tamales. Hey, mm, no, praise no, be no, to no. God. We also had a number of people within the GRN who mentioned that their favorite tradition is tamales, um, including our dear friend here, David Magianis. Toya Hall also mentioned that her one of her favorite traditions is eating tamales on Christmas. So praise be to God. And we and my family, we almost always have tamales on Christmas. My I wonder why that is. Why it's because okay, so this is how I was explained. I don't know if this is true or not, but why I was explained tamales are like a little present and the, oh, the corn husks are like okay. uh, are like uh, wrapping, wrapping paper, paper and you uh-huh. unwrap it and you eat it. Now I, they could have just made that up just to tell us as kids, but that's how I heard it. So if someone else heard something else then I'm I'm happy to be like, yeah, that's probably true. It's like roasting know. a turkey, right? You don't want to do that every couple Ugh. of months. It's arduous, you know. Ugh. It's total pain. Just like tamales, make those. Woo, you gotta you gotta have some arm muscles there. Well, praise be to God. Well, thank you very much, Dana, for calling in. God bless you. God love you, and have a uh, blessed uh, rest of your Advent and a very merry Christmas. Oh, you too. Thank you. Bye bye. And so that number, 877-757-9424, if you'd like to join us and chat about your favorite Christmas movies, your favorite Christmas traditions, uh, dial in right now, 877-757-9424. That's the number if you'd like to join us. You know, our friend Cecil Anderson, who is a North Texas assistant, she had a lot to say about this. She loves Christmas. And so she gave me her favorite songs, her favorite traditions, her favorite Christmas movies. She was like, the Andersons have so many traditions. I don't even know where to begin, but I'll just tell you all one. And so her tradition was eating Norwegian rice pudding after mass on Christmas Eve. And one special tradition involves finding a whole almond in the pudding. And it got that got to determine who gets to pass out the presents. So there you go. I think that's a very, very fun tradition. And someone who gets to pass out the presents, that's that's probably a good idea to so prevent the fighting. Uh, so that's probably a, a great idea. Now, joining us right now is Mark. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Adrian. Praise be to hey, God. Rudy. It's good to hear your voice, Mark. Uh, where are you calling in yeah. from? I'm calling from DFW. Um, DFW. Driving from Fort Worth to Dallas, yeah. Well, praise be to God. We love it from our, our Dallas callers, um, the Fort Worth area. Praise be to God. Now, Mark, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Well, I'd have to say it's the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. 
The Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, that is a classic. Everybody has seen Charlie Brown Christmas. And that came out, poof, that was 1965. And it's like, it's evergreen. It, that, that movie's probably seen uh, more than, um, it's probably on TV more than most other movies. Now, what's your, why is that your favorite movie, though? Well, I've, I've always been partial to cartoons and always loved to draw. And, you know, uh, Snoopy just, just cracks me up. And, uh, you know, it, it was a special part where, you know, Linus, tells his uh, story of the, the birth of, of Jesus. And so, you know, you can't go wrong there. You know, I love the little uh, Christmas tree that Charlie Brown has with the one ornament <laughs> on it. Uh, did you ever have one of those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I think oh, yeah. people, I, I love seeing too. people have those in their little, in their offices because it's like nice and small and has a little ornament. It's really adorable. I love it. And so praise be to God. Now, Mark, what about your favorite um, Christmas tradition? Um, dare I say tamales? Yeah, <laughs> tamale supremacy. We love it. Praise yeah. be to God. I, tamales are so yeah. good. Okay, did you hear the same story that I heard about why we eat tamales on Christmas? I did. Yeah. Okay. Did. So it's not just my family's not the one who made it up. That's good to know. I'm happy to know that we uh-huh. didn't just make it up ourselves. Uh, okay. Right. Controversial question for you: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> well, I think. It- you know, I've personally never been into it around Christmas, but I know a lot of people do like that movie and watch it. So <laughs> I, I'd have to disagree, but, well, you know. Well, I'll I, say <laughs> it's not children-friendly for sure, right. uh, but it's uh, I guess it could be considered a, uh, a Christmas movie by some people's standards. Now, the oh, yeah. uh, a lot of people want to jingle all the way, and I've never seen it before, so I'm going to have to watch Jingle All the Way because a number of people reached out and was like, Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way. So uh, have you ever seen that movie? I have. And uh, do you, would you say... It's been a long time. Would you say it's a Christmas movie? Uh, yeah. I'll okay. So. All right. So you're saying that one's more obvious than Die Hard. Right. All right. Well, praise be to God, Mark. God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed Advent and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. All right. So that is a uh, that number. If you would like to join us, because I'm really enjoying this. I really liked hearing what you what your traditions are, uh, especially if you have a tradition that's a little off the beaten path. That would be really cool to hear. That number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven. 9424. Let me give you that number one more time. 877-757-9424. Call now. I'd love to hear your favorite Christmas movie and your favorite Christmas traditions. Like, for instance, Frank joining us right now. Good morning to you, Frank. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking me. Praise be to God. It's good to have you on, Frank. Now, where are you calling in from? I'm in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Praise be to God. That's awesome to hear. Now, Frank... What's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie is uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Um, and uh, what I love, uh, the original and the remake, both fantastic. Both of them. Very rarely you hear people mention Miracle, uh, uh, mention a, a remake as one of their favorites. So praise be to God. Now, but uh, the, Yeah, the original is great as well. Tell me about the movie. For those who don't know and you're trying to tell them, you've got to watch this movie, how would you pitch it to them? 
Well, it's about the joys of, of dreaming and uh, the wonders of Christmas and family. I mean, it really has it all as far as, um, you know, all the themes that you would be looking for around the holiday time. And it's a wonderful story. It's just brilliant. Um, <clears throat> do, do you want to know? I, I have a tradition as you tell well. Me. You tell me. Tell me about it. One, one that's a little off the beaten path. I'd um, love to hear it. it, it so I have a tradition. Uh, what I like to do, I live by myself. I'm I'm a single gentleman, and uh, what I'll do is I'll take a stocking and I'll just jag off into it. Whoa. Okay. Well, the. Okay. Well. All right. So we, you know who else really liked Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street? Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street was the Vice President Richard Reyna's favorite movie as well. Uh, Richard Reyna. I loved the movie uh, Miracle on 34th Street. And, you know, Miracle on 34th Street is a very, very heartwarming movie. Now, joining us right now is Joni. Good morning to you, Joni. Hi, good morning. It's Joni from San Antonio. Praise be to God. I would love to hear it. Now, tell us, uh, we're running out of time here. What's your favorite Christmas movie? White Christmas. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, all the girls, uh, Rosemary Clooney, singing, dancing, fun. And then also, our favorite tradition, my mother's parents were born in Poland, so we do like St. Faustine. We break the Christmas wafer, the aquatic, every Christmas Eve. Well, praise be to God. That's a really cool tradition. I've never heard of that. I'd love to hear uh, more about that. So maybe uh, we'll be able to chat about it in the after show. But God bless you, Joni. God love you. And thank you to everybody who called in today. Uh, we will have to do this back in the future and maybe get uh, favorite Christmas music. We'll be right back with Dave Palmer. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. Abortion industry allies are desperate to eliminate the most successful abortion ban in the nation. The entire Texas Supreme Court not only reversed a lower court ruling permitting one abortion, but it blasted the county judge from Austin who wrote it. A doctor told a pregnant mother that her daughter's trisomy 18 always means death near birth. That fear neither stands up to medical fact nor to the existence of children like 15-year-old Bella Santorum, daughter of Senator Rick Santorum. Pro-life advocates say the case was a likely attempt to turn public opinion and eliminate the Texas law banning abortions. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear a White House appeal of lower court's restrictions on chemical abortion. The Alliance of Hippocratic Medicine versus FDA case has already highlighted many problems with chemical abortion and its government approval. The White House opposes restrictions on mail-order abortions. This is Life News Radio. Persecution around the world has manifested itself through the centuries, but it is worse today than ever before. Aid to the Church in Need and its donors have been there to help since 1947, never abandoning the Church or her most vulnerable children. Will you stand up for your faith and accompany our brothers and sisters on their spiritual journey? Visit churchinneed.org churchinneed.org A mom in eastern Oregon wants to adopt her foster children, but the state insists she accept, teach, and facilitate gender assignments. ADF attorneys representing Jessica Bates are asking the Ninth Circuit to allow adoptions while her religious discrimination suit against Oregon proceeds. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be here with you. Now, we just finished wrapping up some awesome phone calls from you guys talking about your favorite Christmas traditions, your favorite Christmas movies. Next week, maybe maybe we'll talk about your favorite Christmas songs because, well, I'll save my controversial opinions about Christmas songs until next week. Maybe, I don't know, maybe next Thursday, right before we go off for Christmas break. Maybe we'll talk right before we go off into the sunset. Foreshadowing? Foreshad- <laughs> what? All right. Well, praise be to God. Well, I think it's an awesome thing to think about is these Christmas songs, especially the Catholic Christmas music, because it really prepares you really well for Christmas. But speaking of preparing for Christmas, joining us right now is Dave Palmer with Back to the Father. Good morning to you, Dave. Good morning, Adrian. How are you? I am great. Praise be to God. I am very happy to be here, and I'm very excited for Christmas season. I love Christmas so much. Uh, Dave, what about you? Before we jump into our conversation, we're asking people favorite Christmas movies, favorite Christmas traditions. What about you, Dave? Well, I sent mine to you yesterday, and I, I didn't hear. I think you said It's a Wonderful Life was number one among the GRN staff, right? Is that, I, was did that I, number one? Did I mention it? It was number one, and I was going to okay, mention it. You mentioned it, number two. But I mentioned number two was Die Hard. Yeah. Number I, one, get, I got out of the car, and I was going, coming into the office when you – so I didn't hear it. But, yeah, my favorite is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And if I may, Adrian and Rudy, get into the whole Die Hard uh, Please do. Go ahead. Because I think it also applies to It's a Wonderful Life because people might even say about It's a Wonderful Life, well, it really is not a Christmas-themed movie. It's just like at the end of the movie, it's Christmas. Christmas time, right? And but it spans like a whole lifetime of George Bailey. And I've only seen Die Hard one time, and it's been many, many years. But I think that the, the if you want to apply kind of Thomistic principles to this, you've <laughs> got to go back to the person who wrote the movie uh, and say what was your in, what was your intention when you wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. And so if the if the writer of Die Hard said I intended this to be a Christmas movie. Well, then I would say, you know, then it's it's a Christmas movie rather than the opinion of everybody of whether they think it's a. So it it does kind of fit into that whole like, do I feel it's wow. a Christmas movie or or is it a Christmas movie? So, anyways, just add a little depth to the. Uh... <laughs> well, if if we really want to get in it, I had to get Mario on the line and we could uh, hammer it out, battle it, <laughs> battle it out. But Mario sent me a text message. He said there is a TV edit of Die Hard without the expletives. And he no says, way. uh, then, uh, so he says the famous line that everybody knows is actually Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. Obviously. I don't know what else it would be. What, what else, what else would it be? I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I haven't watched it in like 20 years is it's not like family movie night. Definitely but not family that, movie that, night. That, and, and I've, you know, I've got more girls than boys in my family and it's, it's, it, I don't know. It's, I think it's more of a guy movie, but anyways. But you were correct, uh, Dave. It's a wonderful life. Easily was the number one Christmas movie among the GRN. Uh, Marty said it, uh, no, Marty Matulia said a Christmas story, but it's a, you said it's a wonderful life. Richard Reyna had it's a wonderful life as his top three. He had also had Miracle on 34th Street and Elf. Uh, we had, let's see, uh, Sean said uh, Home Alone. And let's see, we had a number of other people. I think Toya Hall also said that it was hers was it's a wonderful life. And let's see, anybody else say it's a wonderful life? 
Oh, there we go. Lisa Martinez said it's a wonderful life. David Magiana <laughs> said it's a wonderful life. So it's a it's a number one for a lot of people. It's number one for me. It's yeah. a wonderful life is my favorite Christmas movie. So praise be. Yeah, I'm guys. actually gonna go the the next week with my daughter and watch it in an old style movie theater in Grapevine here in North Texas. Cool. And so I probably in black and white. But I've never seen it in the theater before, but we're going to do that next week. That's really cool. Can I join y'all? Can I drive over and, and watch it with y'all? <laughs> Just I'll buy an extra ticket. Yeah, if you <laughs> show up. Yeah. <laughs> no, praise be to God. That's awesome. I love to hear it. I, I, the only thing about It's a Wonderful Life is there are a couple scenes in it that are a little too since, uh, we'll say, um, I don't know what the right word is, a little raunchy. A little bit and a couple yeah. of scenes, especially the beginning. And I'm like, uh, whenever you're teenagers and I'm like, okay, it's okay. But other than that, it's, it's a really good movie. Very family friendly. Yeah. And it certainly has aged, you know, I guess when it came out in the 1940s, it, it kind of like flopped at the box office Did it really? it right after the war. Yeah. That they, they say that that it, I don't know if it flopped. It well, it wasn't a big success, but it was only through time that it has been appreciated. But oh, wow. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge success when it first came out. All right, Dave. We have used, uh, we have used and abused most of your time, Dave. Let's go <laughs> over to the topic at hand, which is the incarnation of Christ. Now, why are you talking about the incarnation of Christ on March 25th? That's, it's not even, it's not even the incarnation. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what's come over me, but there, there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, first of all, uh, today is the last day I'm going to be working. I'm going to take the last couple of weeks off, and many many people that are associated with this show are taking some time off as well. So this is our last chance before Christmas to talk about the Incarnation. And as you pointed out, the Incarnation happened many, many months ago. It was back on the Annunciation, March 25th, so we're actually late uh, by many months in talking about the incarnation rather than being early. And, and so we are going to talk about, surprise, surprise, St. Thomas Aquinas and what he says about the incarnation. And I will say that if you, if you actually open up the Summa and you start looking at that, that part of, uh, about the incarnation, which is deep into the Summa, Thomas, ta- uh, he, he has the approach of like a, like a, a five-year-old child. In the sense that I, I, like, there's a sense of wonder about him because this is the most amazing event that's ever happened in the history of the world where God became man and took on human flesh. And he asks all the questions, you know, like, why was, you know, you talked about your brother Gabriel uh, this morning and I thought about Gabriel and uh, the Annunciation. Um, why, why was it an angel that delivered the news to Mary? Uh, why, why did God do this in the first place? Was it necessary? Why did the, the second person of the Blessed Trinity come instead of the first or the third? You know, it, it's, it, we're going to be able to just scratch the surface today and back to the Father, but I want to come to it from a sense of, of childlike curiosity of why, when, how, what you know like what ask all the questions have a have a good healthy sense of curiosity no i think that's wonderful because that that is a major major misconception people think the incarnation happened on christmas day uh, but no that was when our lord uh, was passed through the womb of the blessed virgin like light through glass and i love that articulation like light through glass did not deign to uh to sully the virgin's womb and so she, he passed through her womb, like light through glass. But praise be to God. And I think, okay, let's start with this. Was it necessary that our Lord become incarnate, that this situation happened, happened in this way? Uh, let me know, Dave. 
Okay, well, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, it was not necessary that uh, he become incarnate for the, the, you know, the salvation of the world. And Aquinas compares it to taking a trip where he said, of course, back then there were no cars and planes, but he said, you could, you, it's, 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 it's necessary to, to use some kind of, you know, it's, it's more fitting to use something like a horse to get to where you're going because it's the best way to do it, but the trip may not be necessary. And so he's saying that ultimately it was not absolutely necessary that it happened the way it happened because god and his you know divine creativity could have saved the human race in many different ways but he likes to use the word fitting it was the most fitting way because by taking on human flesh he was able to become one of us and it really highlighted the dignity of the the human person the dignity of the human body and also a sense he he points out that since the man was deceived by satan um, it, it, it's it's best that a human being uh, defeat Satan, and so there, there's a lot of great theology in why it, it happened as it did. Amen, amen. And I love the articulation of fittingness because it which shows that our Lord could have done; He can do whatever He wants. He could have done any number of ways. And I love there was a, somebody was doing a explanation of the uh, Annunciation and of Our Lady of the Incar- of the uh, Immaculate Conception. And was saying, well, was it necessary that our Lord become incarnate by someone who was immaculately conceived? Of course, it wasn't necessary. He could have he could have came through a prostitute and been like, look, I came to save sinners. Or he could have came with a very average woman and been like, see, I am very I here for everybody. But our Lord chose because it was the most fitting way that he become incarnate in the Blessed Virgin Mary, that he become incarnate with the one who is sinless, who is perfect, who is most loving and most wonderful. And I think that's very important to keep in mind. He also could have just like popped into existence if he wanted to. He could have just been ex nihilo created right there. Uh, but he chose to do it this way. And I think that gives us such – I gives me joy, Dave, because I'm thinking, okay, God loved us so much that he chose – to become a fetus in the womb and develop like us instead of just like popping in as a full grown man. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you were, I, I was listening to you guys as I was driving in and I was thinking of all the connections and you could pretty much connect the incarnation and what we're going to celebrate, you know, at Christmas Day, the birth of Christ to any circumstance. I mean, earlier you were mm. talking about uh, combating Satanism, right? Uh, and as I already mentioned, that was one of the reasons why Christ, be- God became man was because he wanted a, a human being to defeat Satan. And you also talked about transgenderism and, uh, you know, as, uh, Pope St. John Paul II uh, articulated so well in Theology of the Body, the, the great dignity of the of the body, the human body, and the understanding of the body comes much more clearly when we understand that God deigned to take on a human body because it was important to him. But to your point, he didn't have to, but it was the most fitting and the most appropriate way and also the best way that he could show, my, show us how much he loves us. Okay, Dave, I have a very, very controversial question for you. Very, very controversial. Now, okay. most people would be like, hey, Adrian, this is not – what are you even talking about? But I think this is a very controversial question. If man had not sinned, would God still have become incarnate? 
Oh, that, you know, it's a good thing I researched that question last <laughs> night <laughs> so that I'm ready for this. Um, okay, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, would God have become a carnate? Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, surprise, surprise, does address this in the Summa, and he, he, ad- he admits that there are various opinions on this, and th- some people think, well, he loves us, so he still would have sent his son. But Aquinas goes to Scripture, and he says so many times in Scripture, the the incarnation is connected to the fact that men sinned, and that's why he came into the world, and why he died, and suffered, and rose, that he says it's more likely to say that he would not have come had man not sinned. Mm, yeah, I. this is one, one of the, the few things where I'm like... I don't know. The Franciscan tradition is that he, they say that uh, our Lord would have become incarnate anyway. And like you said, he was more as relying on the idea of, of love, of that Christ loves us so much that he still would have become incarnate, not for our sake even, but for the sake of the Blessed Virgin, that he would have still done all these things. And I, I'm very sympathetic to the argument just because I'm hardcore Marian maximalist 100%. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah, even if it was just just to have that relationship with the Blessed Virgin, he would have come uh, and became incarnate, and for that reason alone, that's the only that's like but, one of the only like top three things where I'm like Aquinas, I don't know. And then think about that. Then we would have had Christmas, but we would not have Easter, right? I mean, Whoa. we 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 wouldn't have we wouldn't have Good Friday because there would have been no need for him to get crucified, right? Uh, That's true. Uh, That's so true. It, it's it it does it brings up a lot of interesting, you know, kind of just thinking out loud here. A lot a lot of different interesting concepts that you you can go a lot of places in contemplating the incarnation, can't you? Oh, that would be interesting to think about. Like, would he would he even have suffered? Would we even know that he became incarnate? Like, would he just like, became incarnate, lived with the Blessed Virgin, and then their lives would have ended, and no one would have known about it? Complete. Well, he had utter to take on, he had to take on sin, right? Well, and I'm saying if, had, if there was yeah. no sin. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If there was no sin, then he may have just come in all humility, <laughs> lived with the Blessed Virgin, the Holy Family, and then checked out at the Gotta end. Hang out. <laughs> hang out. <laughs> and then checked out at the very end. No, that's a good yeah. point. I mean, the the whole mission would have been uh, would have been totally sidetracked. I love this, Dave. I'm just thinking out loud with you. I think it's awesome uh, thing to do. I know, and that's what I invite everybody to do, especially you know, around like the the dinner table. You know, just kind of bring something up with the kids. And just say, hey, what, what if, you know, Adam and Eve hadn't sinned? Do you think that, uh, Jesus would have still come into the world? Uh, you know, just see, see what conversations ensue. I think it'd be All a lot right, of fun. All right, Dave. Huh? What, where can people tune in with you? Where can people find out uh, how to tune in and hear more about the incarnation? Yeah, Back to the Father is going to be today on all the Guadalupe Radio Network social media sites, YouTube and X and Facebook, and it is at 1 o'clock Central Time. So please join us, not on the radio, but on the social media sites. Thanks so much, Adrian and uh, Rudy. God bless you. God bless you, Dave. God love you. And happy Advent and have a Merry Christmas. All right, so check it out, 1 o'clock Central across the GRN social media platforms. Tune in to hear more about the Incarnation. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. You can call in right now, 877-757-9424. We're giving away prizes today. We'll be right back. 
The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite you to listen to A Life Lived Joyfully, a show where we explore the call to holiness and a life of virtue. Join our hosts, Martha Fernandez Sardina, Monsignor Charles Pope, Steve Gleason, and Sarah Soto, as they discuss ways to live an authentic Catholic life, to strive for holiness and grow in virtue. Tune in Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also be a part of the conversation with questions or comments at 877-757-9424. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by team Martin Luther. Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes, about 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. And I got to tell you, just so you know, there may be a day where he won't be able to call in anymore. So, well, at least not for the game show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, foreshadowing, foreshadow. I don't know. Why do you keep saying that, Rudy? What, what, what are we talking about? I'm sorry, man. It's... Anyway, Rudy, what's going on here? We're playing a game, Fear and Trembling. I have three Catholic trivia questions right in front of me here. And the trick is I'm not going to ask the listener. I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. And Rudy's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Rudy is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This is the coffee cup of divine providence. And this is the coffee cup and divine providence that we're going to be giving away. Actually, <gasps> just kidding. No, we're oh, giving okay. away a replica oh, of this. This is the oh, one that got we me put worried. our entries into. If you listen, you can actually hear them in there. These are your entries this week. And we're going to put one more in here and draw one out this week to give out a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. It's a great cup. It's chartreuse in color. It's going to make your coffee cup, your coffee taste 80% better. I love chartreuse. If you drink out of this. Or you can put it up on your shelf and remember us. Uh, because, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> wow. Oh, what, what did you say there? But anyway, uh, you know, I love I, uh, chartreuse on Christmas time. It's one of my favorite uh, drinks to drink during Christmas time. Chartreuse? chartreuse? That's chartreuse? a drink? Yeah. Are you sure? It's 100% a drink. Look no it way. Up. Yeah, that's where the color comes from. It's named after the, the drink. Really? Because it's green in color. 
That's fascinating. Yeah. Learn so, something new every day. There you go. You're welcome. Now, all <laughs> right. If you don't get on today, I have good news for you because we still have more opportunities next week. So if you don't get on today, please mark down that phone number and call in next week because there may be one more opportunity, maybe two more opportunities to win the prize this um, this replica of the coffee cup of divine providence but joining us right now is dana good morning to you dana good morning adrian uh long time no see i haven't heard from you in forever (laughs) no this is uh dana from ennis texas calling back in she called in to share about her favorite christmas movie and her favorite uh, christmas traditions and now she's calling in to win this prize dana i got a bone to pick with you you didn't mention that you guys had blue bonnets galore over there. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, the very first time I called in. Oh, mea culpa. Never mind. <laughs> and, then I, and, and then I got the story about how it happened about us. Uh, a, a, Venerable uh, Mary of Agreta? Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't remember her name, but she was from Spain, and she popped up over here and was everywhere and so on. Amazing. Yep, that's the story. Venerable Mary Vergreta, whenever she would bilocate from Spain to Texas, every time she went back to Spain, she would go up a hill and she would disappear from the hill and the entire hill would be covered with blue bonnets. And that's where blue bonnets came from. So praise be to God. All right, Dana. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice. Now, Dana, um, you're familiar with the game. You know how the game is played. Are you ready to jump into it? Yes, I am. All right. Let's do it. You got to be careful. Rudy, I'm looking at the questions here, and this could be tricky, but let's start it. Number one for you, Rudy. The question on the board is, which pope began the tradition of wearing white? White? White. What did they wear before this, by the way? So interesting, right? I mean, did they just wear, like, the Cardinals robes? Yeah, I don't know. Did they wear different... I don't know. It's so strange, right? But the first pope that did that was Pope Pius V. Pope Pius V. And he did it because he was a Dominican. And, you know, Dominicans, they're, like, so intellectual. They're like, well... I'm a Dominican through and through, and I can't put away my white robes because it's intrinsically who I am. Well, Pope Pius V is one of my favorite popes of all time. So now you got me uh, on your side, Rudy. All right. Let's go over here, Dana. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, which pope began the tradition of wearing white? Well, Rudy says it's... Pope Pius V, because he was a Dominican, he wore white, and he wouldn't take it off when he became Pope. So what say you, Dana? Is he right or is he wrong? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that one, but I'm I'm going to go with Rudy. You're going to trust him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Let's find out. Survey says... That is correct, Dana. That is, in fact, correct. It is Pope Pius V, one of my favorite popes. He was the Pope of Lepanto. He's a Pope. He excommunicated the Queen of England. He was, uh, what else did he do? He's the one who put together the Roman Catechism, the Catechism of the Council of Trent. Um, he was a busy Pope. He was, and he was a short-reigning Pope, too. He did all that in just a few years. The dude was awesome. He was, in fact, a Dominican. He was the Grand Inquisitor 
before he became Pope. And I, I love that man. I love the man. Pope Pius V is one of my top uh, top favorite saints, and he's one of my he is my favorite pope. So praise be to God. All right, Dana, are you ready for question number two? Yes. All right, let's jump into it. Question number two for you, Rudy. The question on the board is: Can we be guilty of sins which we ourselves do not commit? I have a confession to make. I can hear your confession. I just can't absolve you. Thanks, man. Wouldn't be the first time. When we went out the other day and I let you eat a bunch of pizza and tell, didn't tell you to stop, Uh huh. and I did the same, Uh huh. I was guilty, dude. You were guilty. So, yes, you can cooperate with other people's sins. All right, let's see. All right, Dana, 15 seconds on the clock. Um, Rudy made my confession somehow. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you didn't absolve me, dude. Um, I can't absolve you. I could just hear your confessions. <laughs> the question on the board was, can we be guilty of sins which we ourselves do not commit? Rudy says, yes, you can by cooperating with it. Uh, what say you, Dana? Uh, I'm going to go with Rudy. Again? It's true. You're going to say yeah. twice in a all right. All right. Let's sure? see. Survey says. All right, Dana. <laughs> Praise be to God. You are, in fact, correct. It You can cooperate by encouraging someone, by rewarding another person's sins, by making excuses for their sins. There's a whole list of ways in which you can cooperate with someone else's sin, and then you're guilty of a sin because you helped them in it. You assisted them in their sins. So there you go. Don't help people in their sins and don't encourage people to commit sins. And if you did, go to confession. Amen. Amen. And if you ever want me to, I'll hear your confession. I just can't absolve you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't don't share your confession with me, please. <laughs> I do not want to hear it. <laughs> do not email me, please. Do not email me, please, about that anyway. Uh, praise be to God. It's great. You're doing a wonderful job. Oh, I just remember something else about Pius V. He's the one who uh, made the uh, the Trinitine Mass. He's the one who codified the Trinitine Mass, uh, where it pretty much remained the same from then until today. So he's talking about God. chewing gum. Chewing? No, that's trident. Uh, Tridentine. Is that tr- is it? Not, trident. Trident. You're, you're not trident supposed gum? to chew gum at mass. You're definitely not supposed to do that for <laughs> sure. Is it trident gum? I think it's trident. <laughs> All it right, Dana. Hmm. Are you ready for question number three? Yes. Let's jump into it. Question number three. Three. Three for you. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Uh, All right. Question number three for you, Rudy. The question on the board is, what shape is a stained glass rose window? Okay. So it's actually quite simple. Okay. All right. So you look at the shape of a rose. The top part, the flower part. Uh Uh-huh. It has a triangular shape. Okay, I'm formulating this image in my mind. Upside down. Okay. And so a stained glass window featuring a rose shape is upside down, and it's a triangle. Okay, so you're saying an upside down triangle. Yeah. I'm trying to an upside down pyramid. I'm I'm formulating this image in my mind, and I'm like trying to spin the image in my head, and I can see the rose window can in you a triangular s- format, upside down, three D, in three dimensions, and I'm you're spinning it. it, and I'm spinning it. Wow. Okay. Right. Wow. I know. I know. It's pretty impressive. You can do that. All right, Dana. Fifteen seconds on the clock. The question on the board is: What shape is a stained glass rose window? Rudy seems to think that it is a triangle that is upside down. What say you, Dana, from Ennis, Texas? 
I don't know the answer, but I'm not going to go with Rudy this time. <laughs> <laughs> she... Hey, wow. look, at, look at the way she hands her bets. She's like, I went with him twice in a row. I don't know what There's that no is. way he's going to get three in a row. The question is, is she right, though? I don't know the answer. So let's find out. Yeah. Survey says... Oh correct! Way to go, Dana! Amazing. You nailed it. Three for three. See, I told you, even if you don't know the answers, you can still win. <laughs> All right, Mr. Mott. Mr. Oh, Mott, unleash stay the drummer on the line, boy. Dana. Let's uh, let the drummer boy out, and we're gonna see if your name gets pulled out. We'll see, uh, drummer boy, okay. please. Drummer boy, look at that. Doesn't miss a beat. Man. Always the right cadence. You know, right BPM. I think he was the same drummer boy who came to visit our Lord. It could be. Yeah. All right. All right. He's got the names in front of him. Oh, you're gonna make me choose. Okay, choose. Uh, I'm gonna close my eyes. And thank you, drummer boy. He's getting tired over there. That one. This one. That one. Lucy. Lucy. Praise be to God. Lucy Morgan. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Dana. Your name was it's not okay. drawn out, but God it's bless okay. you. God love you, and thank you very much for calling in today. Alrighty, thank y'all. Thank We've, you. We loved hearing you twice today, but God bless you. God love you. Have a blessed Advent and a very Merry Christmas. Yes, happy blessed Advent. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you'd like to join us in the after show, please do so. Hop on our social media feeds. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little weird today. We're gonna try to eat some, drink some orange juice with some cereal because Rudy's wife wants us to. So that's how it. Not sure how I got roped into this. But that's what we're doing. If you want to see us do that, then hop on our social media feeds and you just look up Catholic Drive Time, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter. But if not, we'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. And remember, have a blessed Advent and a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. On Jordan's bank the Baptist cry announces that the Lord is nigh. Awake and hearken, for he brings glad tidings of the King of kings. Then cleansed be every heart from sin, make straight the way of God within. Prepare we in our hearts a home where such a mighty guest may come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries.
I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant that your people, we pray, Almighty God, may be ever watchful for the coming of your only begotten Son, that as the author of our salvation himself has taught us, we may hasten, alert with lighted lamps, to meet him when he comes, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I, the Lord, your God, teach you what is for your good and lead you on the way you should go. If you would hearken to my commandments, your prosperity would be like a river and your vindication like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would be like the sand and those born of your stock like its grains, their name never cut off or blotted out from my presence. The word of the Lord. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Bless the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff, which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord will come, go out to meet him. He is the Prince of Peace. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o 
Jesus said to the crowds, To what shall I compare this generation? It is like children who sit in the marketplaces and call to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her works. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Many, many years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Wales, and I was really struck by the fact that in Wales, religion, particularly Catholic faith, is something a little bit like in by, something they did in bygone days. And the sense of indifference uh, was so heavy. And remember from the book of Revelation, John says, puts on the lips of Jesus, the one who comes says, I would, I would rather that they be hot or cold, but if you're not neither hot nor cold but lukewarm, I will spit you out. Perhaps that's even the worst thing is that we would be lukewarm. Anyway, in Wales, it made like any, the smallest parish in the United States, you know, dreary parish seemed like it was Pentecostal revival. <laughs> I think that's something what Jesus is getting at in the gospel today. He says, what would I compare this generation? Like children, in the marketplace, we played the flute, you didn't dance. Uh, we sang a dirge, but you didn't mourn. These two ways that God tried to, in a way, come to us, and if it doesn't spark in us repentance, if, it isn't, if it's not enough to change our hearts, then there's something wrong. There's something lukewarm in us. St. Jerome, in commenting on this passage, he said, If fasting pleases you, why were you not satisfied with John? If fullness, why not with the Son of Man? Yet one of these, yet, uh, yet one of these, ye said he had a demon, and the other you called a gluttonous man and a drunkard. Sometimes in our own life, we have to ask ourselves, and we can, we probably know people where nothing seems to satisfy them, nothing seems to change. If we, if we do all these kind of very austere things, or you find people, saints, who were, lived a very austere life, like that doesn't seem to inspire us to want to change. Or people who lived a very joyous life. Even in the 20th century, think of somebody like G.K. Chesterton, who was just, he was a very joyful, exuberant type of person. And he said, well, he just, that's too much for me. And John came in this very austere way and is well this is this is too much for us. We need something a little a little less. Jesus comes and he, we know that the Pharisees ask him, Why do why do John and his disciples fast? Your disciples do not fast. He said, Well, the time will come for fasting, but the time now with the bridegroom is to feast. Well, that's not the way. That shouldn't be it. That's too much. Think about how sometimes God deals with us in our own life permitting us to experience what we call spiritual desolation. Sometimes when he feels like we feel the absence of, the sensible absence of his presence, although he doesn't go anywhere. And, we, and that would be the kind of fasting or austerity. That should train us, it can train us to be more sensitive to God's work in our life. 
Or the times we experience spiritual consolation, we feel like we're on top of a mountain. And God gives us all of his goodness. And we say, well, I, don't, I, I, I want this to be like all the time. Or this, this has to sustain me for the rest of my life. It's really through those two things. And even our own life, we have periods in the church of fasting. We have periods of feasting. And through those two, we, come, we can come to a deep encounter with God who is, in a way, both, because he's so simple and yet so exuberant. But we need these two, and hopefully that keeps us from being lukewarm or from not seeing, our, from not encountering and not seeing our Lord. Jesus at the end says, wisdom is vindicated by her works. It's interesting he doesn't say that wisdom is vindicated by her thoughts or words, but by her works. The works that Jesus performed. And is that what he says? If you don't believe me, believe my works. That the works he performed point to the presence of God in our world. His works. It's the same. The works are really point out, in the end, really point to God's work and his love and his goodness in our world. Think of somebody like St. Mother Teresa. That her works, in the end... Take 20, 30, 50, 200 years from now, we can still look to those works and say that comes from the goodness of God, from a heart that has been touched and transformed by God's grace. Maybe the austere person who lives, you know, the austere Buddhist monk doesn't really touch us, doesn't speak to us very much. Or the person who lives high off the hog doesn't really speak to us either. But somebody like Mother Teresa, who really gave her life as a witness to the goodness and love of God, that is wisdom and is vindicated by her works. May the Lord never find us lukewarm. May we at least, if we're going to be one, let's be hot or cold. Even if we're cold, God can work with that. Even if we're hot, then we're on fire, that's great. But let's never be lukewarm so that the Lord, there's no way that the Lord can seem to touch or to break through our hardened hearts. And let's pray for those, of course, who, are, who have that hardness of heart, that indifference, that in this Advent season, they may be roused up, shaken out of their stupor, and come to know the love and goodness of God. Amen. As we await with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy, that as he came into the world to bring the good news to the poor and heal the contrite of heart, so in our own time also he may bring salvation to all in need. That Christ may fill the Pope, our Bishop, and all the whole order of bishops with spiritual gifts and graces, let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may guide the minds of those who govern us to promote the common good according to his holy will. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ in his mercy may free all who suffer persecution. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may find us watching when he comes. Let us pray to the Lord. For our own intentions, those who hold in our hearts, those joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. 
Almighty ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people, grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule, and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the, the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Be pleased, O Lord, with our humble prayers and offerings, and since we have no merits to plead our cause, come, we pray, to our rescue with the protection of your mercy, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, 
graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Soffrage to the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof. But only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. my Savior, sanctify my breast, body of Jesus, be my saving guest. Blood of my Savior, bathe me in thy tide, wash me ye waters, flowing from his side. Strength and protection 
may his passion be. O blessed Jesus, hear and answer me. Deep in thy wounds, Lord, hide and shelter me. So shall I never, never part from thee. Guard and defend me from the foe malign. In life's last moments, make me wholly thine. Call me and bid me come to thee on high. When I may praise thee, with thy saints for I. Let us pray. Replenished by the food of spiritual nourishment, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that through our partaking in this mystery, you may teach, may teach us to judge wisely the things of earth and hold firm to the things of heaven. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in Thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth Thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.